Ladies and gentlemen, in a minute. Welcome hmm? back to the episode of After the Year. I am Big Baby. That is BK Matt. This is the voice of the generation, Pete Pizzato. Um, and I feel like I'm echoing. I was that's why I, I, yeah, that's why I put the thing on. I had to put my headphones on. Bet, bet, bet money, bet. All right. And we're here to talk about something that's near and dear to our hearts, <laughs> the sports of, of professional wrestling. And, Which is a uh, shitter. Yes, and we haven't had one of these in a while, the state of professional wrestling in a long time. But we're going to have a conversation about the state of professional wrestling. So, Pete, Mr. Booker Man. <laughs> Mr. Booker Man. <laughs> Mr. Booker Man, the, uh, the, owner, the owner and creator of We Are Wrestling. Um, <laughs> these indie streets, <laughs> they're kind of real right now. What's going on? What's your thoughts on how's everything going in the world of professional wrestling? First of all, fire Rich Holland. Yeah, fuck him. Wholeheartedly. Rich um, big shout outs right now. Big healing Bob. Big love to Biggie. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who may have not watched SmackDown, uh, Biggie um, was injured on a suplex. Um, and unfortunately, reports are saying, and he's saying himself, the doctors are saying that he has a broken neck of some sort. Uh, but thank God he can move his extremities. He says his strength is fine. So, uh, big prayers, big love, big ups to Big E, his family, uh, his friends. Uh, you really hope that he recovers and, and is able to come back and, and do what he does best. Um, but goddamn. Could somebody tell Tony Khan and AEW that we do not need pay-per-views that end at goddamn midnight? I know I sound, I know I must sound to to these AEW fanatics like I'm Jim Cornette or something and I'm being an old man grandpa arguing for the kids to get off my lawn. But I'm sorry. I love wrestling. Hell, I run a wrestling company. I love creating and producing wrestling. I love seeing it in all its forms and fashions. Goddamn, a five-hour pay-per-view. And hashtag keep the same energy. We talked this shit when WrestleMania was 85 hours long. I'm going to say the same thing about AEW. Your goddamn pay-per-views are too goddamn long. I, I, I don't need to be watching the main event come out at eleven thirty. I, I, I mean, we say that, but then, all right, five hours. Like it started at seven, ended at twelve, right? I feel like where they really fucked up at with with that in terms of that show, where one the placement and matches that was that was one of it, one of them. Uh, two certain matches should not be. 35 minutes long like you have a triple threat tag team match as good as it was it was just after like after like 15 minutes i'm just like why why is it still going and and like it, i get it AEW is supposed to be like a glorified independent show and 
the indie rules is get your shit in. <laughs> that's just usually what it is. And with six guys, that's pretty much what you have to do. Get your shit in. So you end up with like a 28, 30-something minute match that was not necessary. It did not need to be that long. It did not. Like certain like certain matches shouldn't have gone on that late either. Like I felt like Jade Cargill and and and, and Tay Conti shouldn't have been that late in the in the night. I did not feel like Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker should have went after a dog collar match. That was the second second shortest match of the whole show, including pre-show. The shortest match of the entire show was the Hook and QT Marshall match on the buy-in that went five minutes flat. Jade Cargill and Tay and and Ty Conti went six minutes, 50 seconds flat. The next shortest match, okay, was Layla Hirsch and Statlander, 9 minutes, 50 seconds. Everything else was over 10 minutes, okay? And not shortly over 10 minutes. Kingston and Jericho went 13 minutes, 40 seconds. And the six-man tag with Darby Allin and Sting and all of them went 13 minutes and 20 seconds. Every other match went over 15 minutes, including the six-man tag on the pre-show. Just needed to make sense. Like I literally, and I'm like, y'all can get at me all y'all want, bro. But like, I legit fell asleep after, like, during the Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa match. I played it back and watched, you know, all the other matches. And honestly, my favorite match on the show was, you know, Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. And, and I felt like that 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 match told a better story. It got to the point of where it was supposed to. It even continued on Dynamite, which was which was great. But you have a lot of these other matches. You just you just you just like fell asleep through the storylines. Like I like the the Punk and MJF feud. I didn't care for the dog collar match. Outside of CM Punk coming out to his Ring of Honor music and and Wardlow turning babyface, which. He cut a great promo on 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 Dynamite. We got to give him shout out for that because I didn't think he could talk before that. So it was good to see that he he you know he had a good promo or whatever on Dynamite. But again, it's just more or less like overkill. The and dog collar match went longer than the main event. That that tells you everything that you need to know. And don't like, get me wrong, I actually disagree with you. I really love the dog collar match. I loved it. was It was a beautiful blow off to what was a great feud. There was so many Easter eggs and so much storytelling and so many callbacks in this entire feud, um, you know, and, and, and making this the true reference to Valentine and Piper, you know, another great reference. Punk coming out in the same exact outfit he wore in his last Ring of Honor appearance, coming out to the song that he hasn't come out to since his last night in Ring of Honor. There was a lot going on there. This this feud, this storyline has been fantastic. I've actually enjoyed it, so I will disagree with you with that. But I'm very old school. Your main event should be your longest match. And CM Punk MJF went a minute 
more than the main event. Main event went 25 minutes, 45 seconds. And the um, dog collar match went 26 minutes and 45 seconds. Um, I'm happy that Swerve got signed, but I'm sorry. Did that need to be a, a live segment? Did that need to be something that went? It felt like it went for a long time. Um, I'm and I'm, I'm going to say something that a lot of people are probably going to hate me for. And I don't really give a shit. Um, while I was very happy that Wardlow won, I was very underwhelmed by that ladder match. And I was the while we were leading up to this ladder match and they were putting the contestants together, I was very worried because you had too many big guys. You had Keith Lee, who, while he is athletic as hell, has never been in a ladder match before. You got Wardlow, who's a power guy, not an athletic guy. You got Hobbs, who's a power guy, not an athletic guy. Cassidy being the smallest guy in the match isn't exactly a flippy-dippy guy. Uh, Ricky Starks was probably the most flippy guy in the match, and Ricky doesn't really do a lot of flips and shit. Especially after his neck. Right. And Christian Cage is not really going to do a lot of risky shit at his age, his history of concussions. So it really became a very lackluster ladder match, especially when we're, we consider what we usually expect from ladder matches and what we got from the first face of the revolution ladder match. Now, I will say this. I do hope that AEW does more with Wardlow than they did with Scorpio Sky. Big congrats to Scorpio Sky finally winning the TNT championship. But goddamn, how long did that take? I'm not gonna, I don't want to sit here and, and you do the same thing with Wardlow that you did to Scorpio Sky and you take forever to do something with it. Truth be told, the ladder match, it was just, first of all, I hate the concept of it. I hate the damn Sonic ring. I can't get over that. It's just, it's distracting. I just, I, I literally played Sonic while I watched the match. I'm not even lying to you. Me and my daughter, we played Sonic on the Switch. It was fun. I didn't watch the match. I played Sonic. That's what I did. That that That's how interested in the match I was in. I wasn't interested in it. I caught myself watching it to see. And I know this is like bad, you know, because it's like, you know, WWE type thing. Like you're like, oh, you're a loyalist or whatever the case. I literally watched the match to see what they were going to do with Keith Lee. You know, and and that's bad because I like Wardlow. Like I said, I, I I like that they're they're finally doing something with him instead instead of having him like play the Diesel role. Right. You know, I'm just I'm 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 more intrigued to see all these WWE signings that they have. And trust me, I'm not shitting on AEW for signing a lot of the WWE talent. I'm glad that they're that they're making money and that they're, they're going to be doing something. But my hope is that they're going to be doing something more than what they were doing in WWE. You know what I'm saying? So, granted, Keith Lee is fresh. You want to put something on Warlow. So, I my question is, what is next with Keith Lee, right? Yeah. What is next? QT Mar- uh, Marshall. <laughs> not happy about that. And listen, you know, Matt, Matt's not shitting on it. I'm not shitting on it either. I sit here and I'm like, I'm, I'm happy with this sign. First of all, I'm happy that guys guys and girls are getting work. 
I'm happy that guys and girls are able to continue doing what they love to do and get paid to do it. Um, and and I'm sorry uh, if you if you've been following wrestling for more than five minutes. Every company builds um, its roster by bringing in people from other companies. Hell, the WWF did it when it brought in all these big stars from other companies. I'm sorry. Maybe you didn't watch Mid-South Wrestling and didn't know that Ted DiBiase was a big star. Maybe you didn't watch the AWA. Right. Maybe you didn't watch the AWA and know that Hogan was a huge star over there. And all these guys came from different places, right? Um, when WCW was born, when they when they came away from being the NWA and just being WCW, shit. You remember when Lex Luger walked out in the Mall of America? Okay. We, we will never, ever bring up Lex Luger ever again. Okay. That's what we're not going to do. They brought in Savage. They brought in Hogan. They brought in everybody. Okay. Flair had more shine when he came back from the WWF after he left for three years. Okay, so it happens. Every company brings in people that other companies used to use. Probably the only companies that don't really do that as a foundation was Ring of Honor, was ECW, was these really brand new companies that came up from very gritty beginnings and were using a lot of brand new unknown talent. But even ROH, even ECW brought in ex-WWE guys, brought in ex-WCW guys. It happens. So AEW bringing in guys that used to be in WWE, listen, it gets them more eyes on their product. It gets them more recognition. And hell, a lot of the talent they're bringing in is very talented individuals. We can't deny that. They just didn't work out in their former place of employment. Hopefully now they do work out on a different stage. Right, I mean, right, what um, did you think about the ladder match? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the match was set for Warlow to win, right? We, we knew this going in. But I, I agree with the fact that there was too many bigs in the match. If you would have had Keith Lee and Wardlow and add somebody else like a Dante Martin, you would have had my, you you know, you would intrigue me. You, I would have thought about it. I'm like, oh, okay, something's going to happen. You gave me Ricky Stark, who has a history of neck problems, who's got power bombed on the damn neck yeah, on the ladder. Yeah, Well, the way where he fell at it looked crazy. Yeah, right? the landing looked worse. The landing looked worse than because it looked like he got placed. And then the other side of that is Christian in that match. Why? Why is, That's he, my point. He beat, he could be a valet still. We're like, he's continuing to be a valet. For, like, he can be in matches, but he, he can be a valet. And then Keith Lee and – see, Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs, that has to be a feud on on its own. It didn't need to be in the face of a revolution in, in that Atlanta match. That 
that didn't need to start the build up for it. Right. Um, it it was it was a clusterfuck, honestly. Orange Cassidy yeah. was in there, cool. I forgot. He I forgot there. he was in it. Yeah, and he got hurt because he fell out. He got he got billed over the top ropes. Other than that, I didn't care for it too much. All right, I got one more match, but that mm-hmm. that you know we really got to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about Britt Breaker and Thunder Rosa. Did it another cluster? Ex- it's another clusterfuck of a match because there was so much happening, and it was more stuff happening than it was wrestling, and the, and the match was too long. Like I get you not having Thunder Rosa win, now you're gonna have Thunder Rosa win on Dynamite. Ooh, yay! Because you're gonna have a win in San Antonio, cool. But the match didn't make sense. Like you have Britt Baker up what? Two one on Thunder Rosa right now, so then you have to blow off the feud in, in, in two more matches, which is in San Antonio and then something else. Why? My highlight was the belt. I'm huh? so excited they got. Rid- I said my highlight was the belt. I'm so glad they got yeah. rid of that Thunder Rosa belt. That shit was getting on my nerve for so long, and everybody was saying I was petty. I'm just like the belt don't fit. Nala Rose won the damn belt, and I'm just saying here, like, what is she gonna do? Wear it on her wrist? Shit, stupid. Right. I hated, that, I hated that damn belt. But ultimately, I just can't get back. I can't get over how green Britt Baker is. I just it, like, I, I catch myself feeling bad for for Thunder Rosa because you could tell she's into this, like, into this feud, and then it's just moments where you just be like, fuck, like, the placement and the and and and. You know the footwork is just off, and she deserves her spot because she sells. You know what I'm saying? Like she, her mic work is like up there. It's like it, it carries her, and it's pretty much like the same with Jay Cargill in the sense where you know that she's green, but she's mm-hmm. such a fucking superstar. Looking at her, that you just you can't not take her off TV. You know what I'm saying? And this was one of her best matches. I honestly gotta say. This, in my opinion, was one of her best matches. I loved what she did. Um, I loved everything about this match. Um, I am very interested to see who's going to be the one to give her her first loss. Very interested to see that. I don't. I don't know who it's going to be because you're going to get to a point where you're going to have to put title for title. The way you're, no, bo- the way I, you're pushing I think her. <sighs> or so, it have to be somebody she beat already. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got a lot of experienced women in that locker room. You've got Serena Deeb, you've got Mercedes Martinez, you've got Thunder Rosa, you've got Ruby Soho, you've got other women in that locker room who are very experienced at what they do. I think what we need to start doing is Jade needs to get, I think Jade really needs to get into a program. And I mean a program program with one of these experienced women. And it's really going, and listen, she's been training with Danielson. Apparently one of Danielson's projects since he came into AEW was to help train and help get Jade better. And that's exactly what you want to do when you get a guy like a Brian Danielson under your roof. 
you want to use that experience to help talent, male or female. But I right. think what needs to happen is we need to start building a young talent, a talent that really could use that rub, like a Chris, Statland, a Chris Statlander, who I absolutely love and I think has the ability to be a star. Okay? Um, and I'm just going to use her for an example. <laughs> Take someone like a Chris Statlander, build them up in a secondary feud, have Jade work against some experienced women, and have her get better and put her in a feud with someone like Statlander who's going to eventually be that one that beats her. Because whoever beats Jade Cargill is going to become a megastar. I got you, but I sit there and wonder why the fuck is not, why is Kara Hogan not being used? Like, she can go. That's a great question. We know she can go. Why is she not in the TBS picture? Like you said, she needs a legitimate few. We know Kiara Hogan can go. We know that they got stars there that can go, like Ruby Soho that can go, even though that last outing that her and Jade had didn't look so good. We know Ruby Soho can go. So it's like, again, you sign these, 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 these stars that you know can do something, and you're not utilizing them because you're trying to fit your narrative of, Oh, we're trying to build our stars and make you know that's their that's their go-to now. We're gonna use all of our day ones and our projects that you know our homegrown talent to carry everything, and that's all cool and that's cute. But when you got Jay Cargill running through practically the whole damn division, and it doesn't look like she has the legitimate threat unless she goes to the to the heavyweight marks, like what are we really doing here? And you got talent that you don't use interest swole who you got who you let go who can go <laughs> so this is like i'm not i'm not under i just don't understand the logic in a lot I of think things swole and jade do. had a match and that one that match wasn't too well received if i'm not not mistaken but that I was early you. jade yeah that's what i'm saying i hear you but it's like who are you going to put up against who are you building who you said Chris Statlander, and then but you used Chris Statlander for like the Britt Bakers of the world or the Thunder Roses. You get what I'm saying? Like she's up there with them. Like it, I, I need for it. Like they got a mid card women's title, and it just seems like it's just they they created that belt just to build Jade. That's what it felt like. I mean, if well, y'all feel no, different, explain to me. You had a men's television championship in the TNT championship, and you created a women's television title, which I actually like that idea because I, I, I'm also very old school and like the idea of the television championship. I really loved that idea, and I thought some of the best feuds in WCW and in the NWA were for the television championship. Um, and some great stars have come out of the television title picture. So I like the fact that you have a male television championship and a female television championship, and it allows you to make sure that you are elevating the women's division and the men's division every week on television. But I really is like it. Is it elevating? Or is it just like what everybody looks at it as is it was a prop to just build Jade up? That's what I'm saying. It just seems like. We know who Jade is solely because she's that champion now. That champion okay. is only relevant to the degree because Jade has it, right? Here's my question. 
So you're not wrong, but here's my question. How else is Jade relevant if she's not carrying that championship? She's not. I, but I she's feel like Jade, more, but she's a she's star. You, you the go, but she's a star. You can't you can't deny that. You look at her and you see yes. the dollar signs. But if she's okay, and so right to your point, if she's a star, I'm gonna capitalize on the star. I'm gonna put the title on her, and I'm not putting the main title on her. I'm putting the television title on her, which also has the secondary effect of making sure she, she's wrestling every week, which also means that she is getting the type of repetitions that she's need. She's not getting practice matches in an empty gym. She's not getting practice matches in front of uh, in front of nobody uh, before the fans come in. She is getting on the spot training. She is getting exactly what we say about rookies in in sports, right? Throw them in there. Baptism by fire. If she fails, guess what? You get the title off for no harm, no foul. But this allows her to grow every week in the most high pressure of situations. It allows us as a company to truly capitalize on that star power. Because if she wasn't the champion, the TBS champion, and we she and we know she's a star, we'd be sitting here bitching and complaining about the fact, like, how are you not doing more with her because she's a star? She is a star. The WWE would have done the same thing. They would have put a title on her. They would have pushed her in front of everybody and made sure that everybody saw that she was a star. And now when she loses that championship, you have two stars. The woman that beats her. Because I felt like they tried that with Dana Brooke and it didn't work. But Dana Brooke didn't get a title. Or what's the what's the? She what's had the twenty four seven championship. Which no, before I'm talking about before that. I'm talking about when they were pushing her pretty much like they were pushing Jay. They had her mm. beating everybody. You know what I'm saying? So it was Dana Brooke that they did that with. And what's the freaking woman that went on maternity leave? I forgot her name. Lacey. The Southern, Lacey. Yeah, they did the same thing with her. So. It, it was trial by fire to a degree, but they didn't put a title on her. They gave her the repetition. They put her in the fire, but they didn't put a title on it to where it made it seem like she's important because she had that title. The, the whole point is she, she just has a title, and she's just getting squash matches. That Tay Conti match was a squash match. I don't care what nobody said. It's a squash it wasn't, match. I don't think it was a squash match. It just it wasn't a good match for Ty. Like, Ty didn't look good in that match. Jade looked like she was controlling the match more than Ty did. Right. And, and um, again, Jade looked that not was probably fault. the best I've seen Jade. Yeah, it's not her right. Fault. And it's not it's not Jade's fault. Yeah. Like, but Jade looked more like the ring general in that match in terms of getting the spots together and, and then then Ty did. And which I just is, hope they don't fuck her up though. That's my whole thing. I don't hope I hope they don't put her into the predicament where Cause you know how this, this that that circle of of audience is, they get tired quick and they'll turn on you real real quick. And granted, she's a heel and all that extra shit, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a difference between you know heel heat and and you know sick of looking at you heat. You know what I'm saying? And that that you don't you don't need that on you, especially when she's so you know new. Like I said, I see dollar signs in Jay Cargill. I hope I I, I hope that they don't fumble the bag when it comes to her. Just like I hope that they don't fumble the bag when it comes to William Regal. 
Yeah, I think I think one of the things that one of the things that I also think doesn't help Jade is that outside of Nyla Rose and, and, and to a degree Mercedes Martinez, but outside of Nyla Rose and Mercedes, you don't really have a woman that matches up to Jade's size. And one of the hardest things to do, and you know this, Matt, having trained in a wrestling ring, one of the hardest things to do when you're a when you're a bigger performer, especially when you are on the green side is learning how to work with someone who's faster and speedier than you and learning how to adapt your style to what they're doing. Because you got to be able to turn and move and be in the right spots and do this. And you got to be able to feed and take those bumps and do what you need to do. And one of the things that really bothers me about Jade, and here's where I nitpick, she really needs to work on her selling. Because I feel yes. like her selling is still very, very bad. She doesn't yeah, sell. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't sell very well. Um, and and I go back to the segment that her and Ty Conti had when they first set up the match. Like to me, Jade kind of screwed the promo up, and then that whole stare down with her and Ty, uh, Ty Conti just looked very bad because Jade didn't show any measure of like she even cared the fact that her opponent was literally right in her face and then when anna jay came in with the chair i'm sorry i don't care who you are you see somebody swinging a steel chair you get the hell out of dodge and jade kind of just walked over to the ropes and slowly walked out of the ring even though anna's running after her with the chair transitioning yeah those are those little things in selling and psychology that she needs to get better at. Um, but, you know, she doesn't really have a lot of women that are, are her size to work with. You know, you I'm look at that Martinez is there, who's a yeah. vet. I feel like she it, should be helping her a lot more, too. Yeah, I mean, and I would a, love to see her in a program with Mercedes. Mercedes did a lot for Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez in, in, in NXT when Bianca, she was there. And Bianca. Yeah, and Bianca as well. I, I think... Um, What's you know what's problem? funny? Um, I'm going to be honest with you real quick, Dre. Sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt. I have a funny feeling, a really funny feeling. I think I know who they're going to pick to dethrone Jade. I have a Ooh. funny feeling they're going to do it with Paige Van Zandt. Maybe. Because they're going to try uh, to transition that star power. They're going to mm-hmm. try to transition that star power. They're going to be like, oh, Paige is MMA, Paige is UFC, Paige is bare-knuckle fighting. She's got all this all this." The Ronda Rousey thing. effect. Yeah. I think they're going to – I wouldn't be surprised, and I mm-hmm. could be wrong, but I could see them trying to do that with Paige Van Zandt, especially to elevate Van Zandt. God, I think, I think Jade needs to get on the independent circuit circuit and start getting some bumps repetition. on that bump card and, yeah. and, and some repetition. She because won't touch the, she won't touch the indies, but because she is in AEW and AEW, I get it. The night I don't know what the nightmare factor is like. I know that they they have produced some talent. Um, shout out to the Renegade Twins. For sure, I've been watching Renegade Twins since you know they first got to before they even got to 
the school, the Nightmare Factory. Shout out to the people that came out of the Nightmare Factory. Shout out to damn Hook, which I'm still trying to adjust myself to. Um, I don't see it. I don't see it, I don't see it either. But Jade needs more repetition. She's it's like that's like being a basketball. Jade is like in basketball terms, Jade is like that big dude on the team that never showed up to practice but was always at games. Shaq. So, no, less than Shaq. So, like, and I'm talking about in general. Like, if I'm not, I'm not talking about NBA wise. I'm talking about basketball in general. Ah, uh, like, yeah. the Shaq was a freak of nature. That that's different. Jade isn't a freak of nature. Um, like the dude, the big dude, or the or the quote unquote star player who would come to the games that barely come to practice or don't really do much at practice. Again, I'm not downplaying Jade's work or her work ethic at all. Because I don't know what she does behind the scenes. I think Jade is building to become a great talent, but I do think she needs more matches under her. And she may, at some point in time, that may she might get. Um, it might be a William Regal Goldberg type of situation that happens. That's why I'm kind of concerned about uh, Mercedes Martinez or Thunder Rosa getting in the ring with her. Not because they're going to purposely embarrass her, but she might get embarrassed. So, all right, my next question, and this is the last question. The inner circle is done. Now we have the Jericho appreciation, whatever the fuck that shit's called. What are your thoughts on it? Because I think it's stupid. <laughs> like, I think it is genuinely stupid. Like, it makes no sense. It should just be swagger and fucking, well, Hager and Jericho. Swagger. Swagger is right. That's his name. Oh, yeah. Check one, two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, fucking hate him, bro. I, I don't let hate him. The all-American American. <laughs> I like we the people Jack Swagger way better, though. I'm not lying. Um, I don't, I don't hate the Jericho Appreciation Society. I hate the fucking name. The name yes. Is horrible. The name because is horrible. what do you, are you gonna put Jap on the shirt? J A S. Oh, Jazz. jazz. Sorry, J-A-S. I mean, I need to go to sleep. Jazz. I need to go to sleep. Dick. Um, Jericho, is this another tool to build other the, the, the tag yes. teams? That so here's about? This is, I think this is a tool really to build Daniel Garcia. I think Daniel Garcia is going to be the breakout star of this, obviously. 2.0, I think they're funny. I think they're hilarious. But this is this is Jericho running with his boys from Canada. For those people mm-hmm. who don't know, 2.0 was big in Canada uh, before, mm-hmm. they, before they got to WWE and now AEW. Uh, they're a really good tag team. Don't get me wrong. But this is a way to make Jericho once again the shielded heel because you now have you have people in 2.0 who can be the bump guys. You have a guy like Swagger who's going to be the muscle. And you got Garcia who they're going to slowly build. And you're going to have – I wouldn't be surprised – to see some kind of like mini LAX reunion with Kingston and Santana and Ortiz. I would love for them to bring back Homicide. It's you probably know, where it's going. Do something there and have that little feud there. Um, you know, 
but this is basically just something to insulate Jericho and give and give Jericho some people to protect him in this next feud. Um, and then also, Dane Garcia can get the same kind of, um, you know, star power that, uh, what's the name, Sammy Guevara got from being with Jericho. Because Sammy Guevara became the, the damn people's champ over there after, you know, after setting himself up by itself. Like, people like Sammy Guevara, but I do think the inner circle did help him. I, I don't think the inner circle helped um, Proud and Powerful, though. Um, I hate that name, too. I because think they it, can't use LAX. I think uh, it did because it kept them it kept them in re- it didn't help them as a tag team, but it helped them as individuals in the sense that it kept them in relevant feuds because they were part of the inner circle feud in the beginning rather than them being just another tag team on the roster that would have gotten kind of lost in the shuffle. By them being a part of the inner circle, them being able to do the stadium stampede match, be able to do the blood and guts match, to be able to do all of those things kept them very relevant that I think otherwise, even though they should have been relevant as a tag team, I think otherwise they would have gotten kind of eventually kind of forgotten about and phased off, and we would have seen them uh, sparingly, even though they deserve to be on TV a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the I revival. Think give them a chance to be a babyface tag team along with Eddie. And true. Go. You're right about the um, FTR. Yeah. What the hell is going on with them anyway? Because I saw some cryptic shit that they put up on Instagram. Nah, they're just taking indie bookings. Yeah, they weren't taking indie bookings before. Yeah, they're just taking indie bookings. So don't seem like they happy in AEW. Um, I don't want to speculate, but I think this is the problem with having so many, so much talent come in in a short amount of time. You have to capitalize on that new talent. And so you have to short circuit other people. Um, but that was the problem. Push him to the moon, get him in that big feud. But oh wait, here comes it. Oh wait, oh wait, and now it's just like okay, you gotta take a step back, and then you gotta take a step back. The only issue I have with AEW and new talent is it's too much, too fast. I really would love for them to be able to space things out. I don't like the fact that. People are destroying on a daily basis WWE for releasing so many talent. But AEW signs a shit ton of talent and everyone is everyone's losing their mind. It's like everybody there, everybody goes to catering. And I mean it's cool. Catering must be cool. Or they go on dark or they don't go dark at elevation. And I, I get it. Dark and dark elevation is cool. You want to get the names out there. You want to build up your talent. But how much can you build up the talent if they're not on the main shows? I'm having about them, swerve, bro. 
I'm so worried. I feel like he's going to get lost in the shuffle. Bro. I'm concerned about Swerve. I'm, I'm, listen. I'm concerned about Swerve. I like the Tony Nese signing, but I'm concerned, concerned about Tony Nese. How long is Buddy, uh, Buddy Matthews going to be with the House of Black? How long is the House of Black going to be a thing that's on TV consistently? How long are we going to? How long is Mox and Danielson and Regal? Gonna be a thing before they split and then they fizzle out. The CM Punk effect is is dead. I love it, it, it is dead. Dead. It, it is dying. Dead. It, it's dead. If it's not dead, it's dying a real quick death. And because Max should have won that match. If the match was too long, and Max should have won the match. I don't care about the the the. Psychology you know. of that match, the babyface had to go over. Punk's got to go over. And I don't think the punk effect has died because you got to remember, mm-hmm. this is, again, this is an indie crowd. The, yes. This is that ROH, that PWG, that super indie crowd, that anti-WWE crowd. They will ride with CM Punk until the wheels fall the fuck off. And every time that music hits, every arena they're in, Pops, it's it's not it's it's not dead. It's and it, it, it's it's not gonna die for a while. Um, but I do feel like it's gonna be rough for me because I I don't see you know Punk did the whole like I want to be in the title picture thing. I'm sorry, you got you got Hangman up there, you got Cole up there now, you got Omega coming back. You've got a lot of other guys that are eventually going to be in that title picture, and I'm sorry, Daniel Bryan. I don't think old, yeah. don't think old man Punk can hang with them anymore, because that's my thing. Punk is still good. Punk is still great, but I'm sorry, if he goes into a match with Omega, Omega's going to outclass him. He goes into a match with Adam Cole, Adam Cole's going to outclass him. Same thing with Hangman Page. They're just going to outclass him. The problem that I have is that these are people that Punk should not go over. And what's going to happen is we're going to see a match where Hangman Page loses to a GTS. And then we're going to see how much what these fans of the company is really about. Because we're all for change. But... CM Punk beating one of the pillars of the company. They already I'll did. Be he beat right. two of them. But yeah, MJF so and are you gonna have CM Punk run through the pillars of the company? Your future. He ran over the two futures, right? Of your company. So eventually, he's gonna be Jungle Boy. Um, he can't fight Britt Baker. So, <laughs> well, um, it's AEW. It might happen. Right, he's gonna run in. Okay, he's gonna do a GTS of Britt Baker in the feud. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm or sure that's gonna be fine. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they're gonna do that. Um, they've been bleeding and doing pile drivers. Jay Cargill they do did a pile drive. They, they do pile drivers in WWE now, so it's not expl- it's not a special anymore. Like, well, it, no, it's still special when they do it in WWE. I'm not gonna lie to you, but but pile driver is a sick move. So like. That's probably one of my favorite moves. Like, if I was a wrestler, that would just be my finish. Nah. I wasn't taking but, that. 
Yeah, but I, I'd be I, I'm I'd be safe with it. Like, tell you, uh, pile drivers and I think the only pile driver I've ever really took was the Canadian Destroyer, and that's because you, you don't and you don't want to take a regular one. Because like, I can control that. So you're back control that. Yeah, I can control that. Okay. If I don't, if I don't exert myself, you're not pulling that move off. So I control where I'm at as far as you know the landing aspect of it. Where if you're doing a regular pile driver, you're basically hooking me up and falling down. You know what I'm saying? It's different. I'm I'm moving on your pace on it. Where the Canadian destroyer is my pace. It's my right. elevation that's leading it. So it's different. But yeah, I, I didn't take pile drivers. I hardly ever took DDTs because some don't know how to how to actually do it. You know, because some will try to like hold your neck. To where you can't protect mm-hmm. yourself, nah, bro. I'm a front bump that. <laughs> I'm dead from, I'm front bumping that. You're not dropping me on my head. I've seen some yeah, shit. That. Fuck all of that. You know when I'm looking at this male roster for AEW, it's like it's there. Yeah. It's a lot. Like you've got <laughs> you got Adam Cole, you got Adam Page, you got Andrade, you got Sting. You got, you, well, yeah, you got Sting. You still got Brian Cage on the roster, apparently. You know, you've Seriously? got Brian, you, you've yeah, got Brian Danielson. You know, you've got you've got Danielson, you've got Punk, you've got, you know, you've got Daniel Garcia, Darby Allen. They're trying to push Dante Martin as a top contender. You know, got you've Miro. got a guy like you know, you've got a guy like Ethan Page who hasn't done shit. Are you really gonna forget Miro? I haven't gotten there yet. We're going in alphabetical order. Why? You got Jay Lethal, who hasn't done enough. You just signed Jeff Hardy. You still got Moxley, Keith Lee, Omega's coming back, Lance Archer, Lee Moriarty, who should be a a guy that you're that you're putting out there. Look, you know, you've got Miro. You've got a guy. Honestly, you still got Malachi Black. Honest, obviously, and, and you got a guy who I think. And and there are more people who I'm forgetting, you know, who I'm not mentioning. You know, but you, you also got a guy who I think gets the shit end of the stick a lot of times and who I think is a star in the waiting. And that's 10. Preston Vance, 10 of the Dark Order. That boy is good. He can go. And I feel like he gets the shit end of the stick a lot of times. Because he's in a Dark Order. Yeah. And it, it sucks, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, I think it's and, and MJF. You got him. And MJF and MJF, who is due a world title run, like yep. he's due a fucking win. Like he loses every fucking feud. Do you not realize that? That is so aggravating to see. No, like, this he's... is one of the first feuds. This is he's only lost two feuds. It's Jericho and this. He didn't lose a Darby. He did. I don't no, know he beat Darby. That doesn't count. Dynamite Darby ring. That, that counts. Yeah, now you got now you got right. Scorpio Sky, who you got to build as the TBS champion. Obviously, he's gonna have a run in with Wardlow at some point. You got Shane Strickland now. Sammy's right. a star, even though fucking Sammy's probably gonna be in a storyline with him and his horny ass girlfriend. You know, fucking fighting somebody. I, 
it's so many people and people are just not understanding why it's like, yo, I, I said this before, I'm gonna keep saying this. In order to stay in business, you gotta make business decisions. Vince said this on the Pat McAfee show, like not verbatim, but this is basically what he said. You gotta take the personal out of some of these decisions. You're not gonna be able to hold everybody on the contract forever. Sooner or later, you're gonna need a solid 50 people to build your con- your company around, like men and women, tag teams included. Like, and if you're not able to do that, what like what does that say about you? Like, you don't want you don't want what happened to ROH to happen to AEW. Because AEW has some fire under their ass right now because they are on a turn on network. You have more of an advantage than Impact did being on fucking Spike TV. Spike TV was a big deal, but it's not TNT. It's not TBS. Like, AEW has to, a lot of changes have to be done, and they need some structure, which is why I think Cody left anyway. By the way, about that TNT championship, only two people have carried that championship for more than a hundred days, and that's Darby Allen, who was at 186, and Miro, who was at 140. Nobody else has carried that title for for at least a hundred days. The closest was Cody Rhodes in his first uh, run, which was 91 days, and then Sammy held it for 87 days in his first run before losing it back to Cody. So this TNT title has changed hands, and I honestly think. You know, had had Mr. Brody Lee uh, not passed away, I probably think he would have been champion for a lot longer. But yeah, it's tough. I it's think. Tough. What is the Wardlow in in, in Scorpio Sky match? We next don't know week. yet. It's supposed to. Be, I thought it was next week. No, I don't. I don't think it's going to be that quick. But you know, and and honestly, I've said this for days with some of my other friends that I talk wrestling with all the time. Um. I honestly think the Adam Cole, Kenny Omega storyline is going to happen. It's going to be a continuation of what happened in ROH when uh, when Kenny Omega kicked Adam Cole out of the Bullet Club. And he um, died. And, uh, yeah, and, and Adam Cole died. Um, I would not be surprised if Omega comes back and then Cole and Red Dragon essentially turn on the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega – and kick Omega out. And I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Cole has the championship at that point. And then you have a championship storyline between Cole and Omega. And you make Omega into a babyface. I would not be surprised to see that happen. I've, I called that from the moment Cole came in and aligned with them. And Red Dragon came in. I was just like, I smell a continuation of that ROH storyline. And now that Tony's bought ROH, you can definitely see that happen. Yeah. So practically, you, you you just shit all over Hangman Page's world title run, and just you know go to that. You built it for a year, what for two years? Just you know for him to have what a two three month reign, uh, one hundred and seventeen yeah. days account. Yeah, yeah, he can. The thing is about title. Hangman. The problem what I see at AEW is that I don't I see very few multiple time champions. You will see very few multiple-time world champions. That TBS title might be on somebody else. Like that TBS title might be back on Darby probably two or three times. Like, yeah. 
Like I feel like I feel like a world like title scene is very one and, and done ish. I feel like Warlow's gonna win it and then MJF is gonna take it off of him. And that'll be his first title. If so MJF having the TNT title would make would T, that TNT title he probably won't be lost for a year. Yeah. I just He'll feel like the I'm, longest I'm, reigning one. I'm wondering who's gonna be his next diesel. That's what I'm looking. That's what I'm trying to like think of hard. So I'm like, all right, who's gonna be who's a free agent that's gonna pop up out of nowhere to help him beat Wardlow? Right? I don't know. But yeah, we're reaching that mark, Dre. But before we reach that mark, we gotta announce that Pop has now, you know, have more wins than any other coach in NBA history. Congratulations to Greg Popovich. Um, Matt don't like the Spurs, but he likes Greg Popovich, so it's cool. I respect Greg Popovich. I hate his team, though. They're boring. They're not boring now. I mean, they're boring because they're losing, but <laughs> they have they've been boring since 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 Avery Johnson has left that franchise and he became a coach. For, oh God, for, for the Dallas Mavericks. I hate how he uh, says Admiral. I love the way he says Admiral. Don't, uh, don't you, Pete? Pete, Pete, Peter Rosado. I'm leaving. This is. I'm done with you. Congrats yeah. to Greg Popovich. Congrats <laughs> to the Spurs organization. I, I actually have respect. The Spurs have been my low key, like a low key favorite team of mine for a long time. Like that kind of side team that you love, but they're not your main team. I've always, I've always loved them. But I, I, I've loved. Listen, I mean. They were they were a great team for a very 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 long time. They were they had one of the very few sustained success stories that lasted for so many years, even with people leaving. Like you never saw the Spurs really dip. This was like the last the last two years have seen the most we've seen the Spurs dip in a very very long time. Five. Yeah, I feel that. But fellas, this has been fun. For sure, for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, we'll do more. We'll get back to doing these, especially um, WrestleMania weekend is coming up. We may have one of these, or we may speak about this on the Euro Sports Show. You never know. You never know. But for BK Matt, for the voice Pray of the generation, prayers up to Big E. Um, yeah, and as many of you saw on SmackDown, um, Rich Holland, Donata, um, do a suplex and Taz even said it on 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 Twitter, but you know, prayers up to Big E. Um, I was wondering what they were gonna have to the new day do for a mania weekend. Um, they're gonna be gone for a while, yeah. They're so gonna it's just gonna be, if it's if it's just Kofi again, I see Kofi go back into that. Um, give t- Kofi another uh title run. Not, not, I guess not a world title run right now since I need Roman Reigns to hold the belt for another two years. But um, until somebody's ready to take it off him, like somebody's actually ready to take it off him, not like a Goldberg or something like that, uh, <laughs> or another Brock Lesnar, but actually somebody who's going to get the legit star power to take it off him. But We'll, we'll see. We'll definitely sp- speak about the WWE side of things next time we do this. But, again, for BK Matt, for the voice of Generation Pete Rosado, it is your boy Big Baby signing off. Peace.